Today's gospel lesson is a real shocker. <laughs> Matthew wrote 27 chapters about the tragic story of Jesus. It ended with Jesus being executed and lying in a tomb. It was on a Sabbath, a holy day of rest. And then, out of the blue, Matthew adds another chapter to the story that was a huge surprise, even as we read it in 2019. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and then sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothes was white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, Jesus has been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, and this is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, another shocker, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took a hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. But then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they too will see me. This is the Gospel of the Lord on Easter Sunday. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I'm going to begin my sermon with a confession. I never actually attended Easter Sunday church until I was probably in junior high school. Um, my parents were florists, and so for us, Easter was a really busy floral holiday, let alone a church one. And so when I was a kid, I actually thought Palm Sunday was like the Sunday. I actually remember one Easter morning complaining to my mom, oh, we missed church last Sunday? It was Palm Sunday. That's the one you go to. <laughs> Little did I know. I was so excited to walk through the, hall, the halls of the church with my palm leaves singing Hosanna. Little did I know about Alleluia. <sighs> but Palm Sunday was a big deal in our church, or at least it was for me. Who knows what happened the next weekend? On Palm Sunday, we would often in our Sunday school classes be assigned part of the gospel story, and we'd get to do a live action scene. So in fourth grade, we got to be part of the Last Supper, and in fifth grade, part of the crucifixion, and in sixth grade, the resurrection. And our Sunday school classroom would decorate, we'd learn the story, and we'd play the parts. So I remember well sitting there eating grapes and bread and sipping from a goblet as we reenacted the Lord's Supper, and I thought, this is fantastic. 
And when I was in fifth grade, I remember well that I was the only girl in the Sunday school class by this point. So I got to play Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, I could have played any womanly role because I was it. Um, and so the boys were on crosses and being soldiers, and there I sat at the foot of the cross crying and being very dramatic. In my head, it was super cool, but I don't think it probably was. And then in sixth grade, we did the resurrection. And so I remember we had all of these flowers, and then we had this big black curtain that we were using to represent the tomb. And then all of these little butterflies that said, He is risen, He is risen, He is risen. Well, now remember, I never went to church on Easter Sunday. And so I turned to a kid sitting next to me and I said, Who's risen? And he said, Jesus. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, Jesus. Remember last year when we reenacted the crucifixion? And I said, yeah. And he died. Yeah, well, he rose from the grave. That's kind of the story of Easter. And I was 12, so I wanted to play it cool. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. But in my head, I was like, what? That's a crazy story. But I, I, I just pretended like, oh, yeah, we all believe that. Clearly, I knew that. <laughs> Come now. <sighs> I actually think that's an authentic response to the Easter story. What? Come on now. When the women arrived at the tomb that first Easter morning, they went expecting to see death. They went to the grave thinking they were going to see the place where their friend had laid, had been laid and to attend to his body. But when they got there, nothing was as they expected. They expected to see a tomb that had been sealed shut, but then an earthquake came and rolled that stone away. They expected to see soldiers that were keeping them out, but instead they encountered an angel who welcomed them in. They expected to see death, but what they didn't see was hope. Yes, on Easter morning, God came and did the most unexpected thing of them all. God came and created confusion and told them a story that was so wonderful that they could hardly believe it, but it was just so wonderful that they dared to do just that. I think even when we hear the Easter story today, as Hub read it for us so wonderfully, reminding us what an extraordinary and surprising story it is, that it is normal to question it, to ponder it, to wonder about it. But I hope as you do that, that you don't just dismiss it and say, ah, that's an idle tale, which is what the disciples did at first in the Gospel of Luke, but instead dare to believe it. Because at 12 years old, when I indeed encountered it for the first time, as much as I thought it was weird and extraordinary and hard to believe, there was something deep inside of me that desperately wanted it to be true. And so I went searching for that story, searching for the truth of this story of promise from God over and over again. There is truth in this story even though it's hard to believe. 
Just like Easter eggs and baskets are hidden away for our kids to find on the darkness of Easter morning, the promise of Easter is something that we do have to search for. It's something we have to look for. It's something that we have to dare to go into the world with new eyes in order to see. Those other years when I was in fourth and fifth grade and we reenacted the Lord's Supper and the crucifixion, I didn't need to ask that many questions about betrayal or death because I knew that they were a reality in the world. I knew about friends who hurt you. I knew about pain and I knew about violence. But the Easter story? Now that was a story I hadn't heard before. That was a story that made me want to look a little bit deeper and pay closer attention because it offered a hope for the world that I just needed to know more about. This week, if you've been paying attention, there has been resurrection language popping up all over the place. It seems hard to believe now that it was only last Monday that Notre Dame's cathedral was on fire. And I know as I looked upon those scenes and my heart broke and I thought, how could this be happening, that many of us were initially caught up in the despair of the moment. But it didn't take long before people started speaking the promise. She will rise again, the newscaster said. We will rebuild. We will take out of the ashes and build something new and restore her. But it wasn't just Notre Dame that experienced resurrection. People started looking around and paying attention to other places and other um, people who were in the midst of violence and despair. Three other churches in the southern part of the United States had recently burned down due to arson and hatred. And so in response to those acts of hate, people paid attention. Their pastor was on the news and he said, you know what, when this church burned down, I knew that God would do something here. I knew there was no reason for us to be hopeless because God always makes something come out of nothing. And so when the money came pouring in, not just for Notre Dame, but for those three other churches, they felt the promise of the resurrection, hope, new life being reborn. Just yesterday... Our nation remembered the 20th anniversary of the Columbine shootings. Can you believe it's been 20 years? I can't. And I remember that day well. I was in college at the time watching with horror. And today when I think about it now, I think, how is it that there still continues to be violence like this in our schools? But as the anniversary came about, stories were told people remembering the hardest, darkest day of their lives. One man shared the story of the day his son died. Another one told about her experience having her arm shot while she was in the library. And a third talked about how she was able to walk out of the school, not hurt in her body, but her innocence lost and a lifelong struggle with PTSD. But as they told their stories, I was struck because none of the people shared stories that ended at a tomb. Instead, the people told stories of hope and courage. Do not be afraid, one of these women wrote to her adolescent self and her child. We cannot live our lives in fear. There are beautiful moments ahead. Have courage. Keep moving. Get help. 
The father who spoke about his son talked about how he found courage through the life of his son in a way he never had before. Courage to speak up, courage to become an advocate. When he cleaned out his son's room, he discovered that his son's shoes were the same size as his own. And so today, he literally walks around in his son's shoes when he goes out into the world to speak up on his behalf in order to promote life in a world of violence, in order to to promote hope. These are resurrection stories, stories of life coming out of situations of darkness and despair, stories of time when we think that hate and destruction will have the final word, but instead God breaks in and says, no, guess what? There is more. There is new life to be experienced here. There is hope beyond the grave. I don't know if any of you looked at the news this morning. I kind of hope you didn't. But I will admit that when I looked at the news and discovered that 200 people were killed this morning because of attacks on churches in Sri Lanka and local um, hotels in that city, that I felt the immense devastation that I feel whenever something like this happens. My heart sunk. My stomach felt sick. Here we are again. On Easter morning, when we are celebrating the promises of God, we hear about violence, hatred, and death. It's easy to become overwhelmed by these situations. It's easy to want to throw up our hands and say, I give up. But Easter Sunday doesn't come without Good Friday. First the death and then the rising. And today I rest in the promise of Easter, knowing that indeed there is grief first, there is despair, there is mourning, there is questioning, there is heartbreak, because the loss that happened is real and it affects so many lives. But I also believe that there is hope that will rise out of the darkness. I believe that there is life beyond the tomb. And I believe out of the rubble that God will raise up new life. I don't know how, but I know God does it over and over and over again. The promise of Easter morn is that whenever we encounter death and despair and think that we are at the end, that is when God is beginning to do her work. That is when God is beginning to spin magic and mystery in our lives and in our world, saying, not yet, I'm not done. I've got something more to do here. Keep looking, keep searching. God will send angels and friends to greet us along the way, reminding us not to be afraid and to keep going when life is hard. And on that new path that we are on, we will encounter the risen Lord, who will greet us with love, give us strength to keep going, and send us forward onto a new path we haven't walked before. And I will admit that years and years later, after hearing that Easter story again and again, that I still have questions I still don't understand it, but I dare to believe its promise. Because if anything our world needs now, it is the hope and the love of God who breaks in and says, I am among you and I can make something new here. And so I dare to proclaim, along with those first women on Easter morning, the promise. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.